Should we do the intro? Oh, no, we'll, we'll just do another intro, okay? We'll do this. Yeah, that's fine. Hi, Kyle Bowen here of Silky and Filthy and formerly of Sippin' on a 40. Yes, formerly of Sippin' on a 40 here on the Nux Misconduct Network. It's been a long time, and I and I must say, talk is cheap, okay? I've been saying it over the last couple weeks, and I had been writing more about hockey, just taking notes, you know, because I'm itching for it to come back, but I can't force these things. With that being said, talk to the boss today. Who's the boss? My co-host right now, Trevor Beggs. He didn't call me out, but he called me out. The team needs help at Knox Misconduct, and I haven't done shit, so I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome all you Silky Studs to another episode of Silky and Filthy. I'm Trevor Banks. He's Kyle Bowen. Oh. This show, part of the Nux Misconduct Network. And I know, Kyle, you're disappointed in yourself. You're mad at yourself. Yes. The whole Nux team Misconduct, we're a team here, man. We're a team. And you're still here with me right now on the Zoom. We've been doing Silky Filthy every damn week since the qu- pandemic started. So kudos to us, man. And kudos to you. And I just got to ask you, I know you're looking a little... A little scraggly over Zoom here with that long hair, but, uh, you know, how, how the fuck are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, uh, no ladies are getting any snaps from me. Uh, you may call it a, call it an insecurity. I'm just saying I can't I can't do that to the ladies, you know? I, I, it's just, it's not it's not me. It's, it's for the ladies, okay? They, they don't deserve this version of Kyle Bowen, okay? There's no insecurities there. I'm just I'm just doing it for the ladies. But, yeah, the, the hair is long. It's at, it's at an awkward stage. Haven't had hair like this in a long time. Even when I was growing the top out, when it was super long and I had a perm and whatnot, man, the sides were still getting cut. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This yo, that's actually a that's a great point, man. You used to have a perm. Yeah, that is something. In in the 2010s, you had a perm. What inspired you to you know go for that perm look in 2010, thinking like you were in the 1980s? Well, bro, I think it was just a weird time in life. And I, I often think about that too. Like, well, what was I thinking back in the day? You know, I think that was what, 2016, 2017. Ironically, that was the busiest time for me and my ladies when I had the fucking perm. It was just weird. Because I never thought that it looked the way I wanted it to look on my head. But if you fast forward now to 2020, especially in like the later parts of 2019, every kid was rocking a perm. They were just getting their hair permed up, getting that curly dome. You know what I'm saying? So maybe I was just ahead of it. I don't know. I don't know. I'll say this though. The perm gave me confidence because I just alluded to the fact that it, it never looked right on my head, but it didn't sh- it didn't make me shy shy away from going out and living my best life. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was there for a reason. It was there for a reason. Would I ever go back to it? I don't know. I really don't know because I've fallen in love with just keeping my hair super short and just getting it fresh every week. And not having to put anything in my hair. Just waking up and going outside looking fresh. That's the goal. That's the goal in life. Man, I miss it. Why are we talking about hair, man? This is silky and filthy. What's up, baby? What's up? We're talking about hair because I think we're all getting a little hair in, in quarantine. Like, that's just the case. I had, yeah. the, I had the longest beard that I've ever had in my life. Damn. I shaved it off about a week or two ago. You should see my you know, chest my hair, wife man. Was getting, Yo, yeah, the chest hair is growing. I mean, you got the hair growing the top of your head. 
my wife started growing out the armpit hair and then Ugh. you know i had to shave the beard after that you know she's like i'm not i'm growing this out till you shave i was like wow point. <laughs> yeah i came down to that level man you know we're all <laughs> we're that's all awesome. at each other's throats here in quarantine that's, that's for sure awesome bro she's like i'm gonna grow out my armpit hair and you know if you're a lady with armpit hair and you and you rock it, go ahead, do your thing. But man, um <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I came pretty quick after that. And, you know, in, in my head I was one. asking myself, what if I was able to grow a full beard? Would she have that threat towards me? Because my beard's at like 75% when it's grown out, you know? Mm, it looked it good. pretty good in stubble form. No, I once like I passed the two-week mark, it's done. It's okay. done skis. But so I wonder if I had more testosterone. What if, you know? Uh, and that's not the best what if question out there because yeah, I just I'd be like a half point sexier. But we're gonna debate some other pretty good what ifs here today Straight on up. Silky and Filthy. It's what if we, what if we at SB Nation NHL Kyle. I think you had a pretty good couple of what ifs you wanted to throw my way. So why would we just discuss them, man? Let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it. What if we here on SB Nation NHL Nux Misconduct Network Silky and Filthy? You're home for puck talk and bullshit. Kyle Bowen here. Let's do it. First, what if? I think it's a good one. You know, we're, we're playing in Fantasyland, right? Fantasyland, what if? Let's say something happened to Kyle Dubas. I'm not saying he's going to die or anything, okay? I'm just saying maybe he has this, you know, midlife crisis where he's like, yo, I don't want to be a GM anymore. He quits randomly, and Toronto just, just has to hire someone else, and they, they rehire Brian Burke. And Brian Burke wants that truculence on his team. He's looking at that Maple Leafs roster. He's scratching his head. He's pissed off. There's no truculence there. What if Brian Burke was the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I'll connect another question to this. What would he do to get Tom Wilson out of Washington? Who would he trade? Is he giving up Austin Matthews for fucking Tom Wilson, bro? Uh, Maybe not Austin Matthews, but he's definitely given up a King's ransom for Tom Wilson. Yo, this is a fascinating question because you look at what Kyle Dubas has done with Toronto. And he is the antithesis of everything Brian Burke stands yeah, for. Not totally to say Brian Burke's on an analytics guy, but Kyle Dubas has created this team where there is absolutely no toughness, no truculence, as Burke like to call it. It's all fast-skilled guys. I got the stats in front of me right here, Kyle. Do you want to finish? You want to guess where Toronto finished and hit so far this season? 28th. 29th. Pretty damn, damn close. Damn. They're right down there. Damn, and that's where the oh, and that's with a couple of games in hand. So they think they might even be uh, if you adjust by uh, hits per game, they might even be thirtieth. Well, let me ask another question, a more realistic one in regards to this fantasy. Okay, let's say Brian Burke is the GM of the the Toronto Maple Leafs again, somehow, some way. Dubis just quits. Who does he get rid of first? Nylander, Marner, who? Who? I think he would have gotten rid of Nylander. He he probably wouldn't have stood for the the long negotiations there. Yeah. Um. I I think he, I don't know what he would have traded Nylander for. Probably Tom Wilson. That's that might answer your question that right might, there. Oh right. Oh, straight up, bro. He he trade Nylander for Tom Wilson. Is is that a good trade? No. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a good trade. Nylander is a good. You know what? He had yeah. a great year this season too. He did. He's you know, good. Seventy He's point good. pace. Yeah. Um, man. But. I, th- I think if we're trying to think of it realistically, though, we are. I, we I are. Bet you that I'm not. I, I'm not. I, no, <laughs> but I bet you, in, in a realistic scenario, I bet you if Brian Burke offers Nylander to Tom Wilson in 2018 during that contract dispute, that trade's not getting done. Tom Wilson just came off a Stanley Cup win. Wow. He's in the prime of his career. He's still putting up like 20 goals, 40 points a season. Nothing spectacular, but 
man, I wonder if Washington even makes that Dude, deal. Dude, I like, they fuck love with Tom Wilson. Wilson. I fuck with Tom Wilson. I really do, bro. I do. When the games matter, and, and we Canadian, we from Vancouver, we know when the games really matter. The playoffs, okay? The playoffs. He makes a difference. This city fell in love with Rafi fucking Torres, man. And rightfully so. Dude was doing his thing. A spark plug. Tom Wilson, he plays on the line. He's probably going to get suspended, but he's also probably going to be responsible or on the ice for a lot of goals for your team. He's playing on the top line in the playoffs. He does those things. Man, he's good. He's good. He's really good. Yeah, he's, a, he's a great hockey player, and they, lo- and they fucking love Tom Wilson in, they love in, him. Uh, in Washington. That's the other thing. But Brian Burke would love him too, and I see him giving up. I, I see him probably throwing Nylander out for Tom Wilson in a, in a deal like that. Or he's given up. Uh, man, Jake Muzzins hasn't been there that long. You know, Jake Muzzins, uh, a Brian Burke type player. He's probably giving up something like Travis, Travis Dermott and a high pick. We were talking about a guy that gave up, you know, a super high pick for, for Phil Kessel, right? Like, he's not afraid to make the big move. And maybe that's part of the reason why he's not in hockey anymore is that he just doesn't trust himself in those situations. Probably because he's trading for fucking Tom Wilson. That's what's happening I'd in your trade, crazy alternate world here. I, I would trade for Tom Wilson. You know what? I was I was thinking about these questions and which ones I should ask. And, and that was that was my first one. And, and it sounded pretty good. But now that we just talked about it, it was pretty fucking bad. Not going to lie. That's what happens here on Silky and Filthy, especially when Kyle's not watching a ton of hockey. My second question, I think this is a great one. A great one, okay? We can go a whole bunch of different places here. What if in 2004 and 2005, Pittsburgh wins the lottery both times, okay? So we're talking about them grabbing Ovechkin and Crosby. Do they have more or less than three Stanley Cups? Oh, the answer is more. I think the answer is that they have more or less than five. I think they're adding really? at least a couple more. Really? I, yeah, I, w- I would say that them taking Malkin, and they had to take Malkin, barring who went first, kind of helped them. I mean, they've been able to have this number one, two punch for so long, win three cups, and just recycle wingers. And they're able to recycle wingers because these centers are two of the top five centers since these two came into the league. You know what I'm saying? So three is a lot of cups. Three is three is a lot, okay? To win three Stanley Cups in, what, 15 years? That's a ton. That's great. You're saying five, bro? Are you serious? Are you serious? Now let me ask you this. You don't think either of these players would have a little bit of their ego get in the way of of. Of the success. I mean, we're talking about Ovechkin Crosby. I guarantee they love the fact. Yes, they love the fact they were that they were going up against each other entering into the new NHL. I mean, both of them on the same team, could they even do that? Yeah, you know what? I, I probably was a little bullish when I first thought about it because you're right. Malkin is probably underrated. Yes. I just crunched the numbers on, on points per game throughout the career. Ovechkin has 1.1 points per game. Malkin, 1.18 points per game. 1.18 would stand up as one of the best marks of all time. I know Peter in his 1.25 is in the top 10. So, you know, Mal- there's, there's an, maybe there's an argument that Malkin is an even better player than Ovechkin. I know you like Ooh, to throw out the no, Ovechkin no, no, no. over Crosby argument. You can't do that. You can't do that. But, because durability Malkin, is something. Durability, it, it yeah. means something. And Ovechkin can do whatever the fuck he wants and never gets hurt. Knock on wood. 
Yeah, no, you're right. I think that does play in this scenario. But I think we had the same debate when we talked about Peter Forsberg. If mm. Peter Forsberg played longer, would he have been better than Nicholas Lidstrom? And I, and I said he would have been. He would have been named the best suite of all time. Dude, great question, but yeah, bro. Yeah, great you know what? Malkin may be better than Ovechkin. I know Kyle has the whole Ovechkin Crosby debate going, but I do think Malkin's underrated. And I think one reason why I was too bullish on Pittsburgh going five cups, because, yeah, I know Ovechkin and Crosby is pretty damn tantalizing. But one of the reasons it works so well in Pittsburgh is because Malkin and Crosby were your one-two punch at center. I think the dynamic of the, of the team completely changes if you have Crosby and Ovechkin on the same line. But that being said, I mean, damn, two of the best players in the game. I say they're winning at least three cups, maybe, maybe even four, man, maybe even four. Yeah, who knows what uh, Crosby would do for Ovechkin as far as having him mature for lack of a better word, in a, in a quicker matter, you know? Who knows? I mean, we're talking about an alternate universe. I mean, it's easy for us to, you know, plug away and connect the dots and, and say, oh, this would happen and that would happen and Ovechkin would grow up quicker and he, he'd win cups. I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day. And Washington, at this stage in their tenure with Ovechkin still dominating the NHL, who's to say they can't win three cups? You know what I'm saying? Real talk. Real talk. Ovechkin has what? I would say eight Seven more years left in the NHL. Mm. I, I'd say that's on the like the the max the max length. They could win yeah, two more cups. They could win two more cups if the NHL comes oh. back now. They're a favorite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially in a short short tournament, of course. Or and who's getting mad at Ovechkin for winning the pandemic cup? Nobody. Give him that. Give him the second ring. You know. So. It's it just a weird time. Another another thing to think about if, you know, we were to live in this this alternate universe, I mean, what would the NHL do as far as marketing the game? I mean, they really, really tried pushing Crosby versus Ovechkin. I'm not sure they did the best at it. And, and a part of me believes that's the case because they lean towards giving Crosby more of the limelight. Well, I think if they went the other yeah. way and gave it more to Ovechkin, he would have done the league wonders. Real talk. Real talk. Crosby is Crosby is very similar as far as personality goes to McDavid. I think McDavid is a part of a different generation, which allows him to be a little bit more expressive expressive, but he still, you know, leans towards being more private. Which which kind of sucks personally because he's such an exceptional athlete. We're talking about if you look at North American sports right now. I look at Patrick Mahomes, 100% Pat Mahomes. I guess I could throw Lamar Jackson in there too. Don't watch a lot of the NBA, but there's so many great players there. And then you look at Connor McDavid. He, he fits in that mold of like top echelon athletes in North America right now. Does he have the personality to, to back it up and, and help push the game through the media? I don't think so. I don't even think he really wants to do that, which is cool because no. he's a fucking gamer. I got all the respect for McDavid. He's a fucking baller, bro. He, he's going to do things for the league in, a, in another way. I know it. But, man, going back to Crosby versus Ovechkin, I, I do feel like if we could go back in time, knowing what we know now, knowing that Crosby wasn't just a shy young kid, he just, he just always quiet, the NHL should have just gave it all to Ovechkin in some way. They should have just given him a camera from day one. Real talk. 
Yeah, they could have they could have been ahead the whole uh, smartphone thing because you know when Crosby and Ovechkin are around, mm-hmm. isn't that crazy to think about? When Crosby and Ovechkin were first starting the career, their careers, for, smartphones weren't even invented yet. Yeah, I know. That's how long we're talking about. We're still a couple. So they could have been away. on the precipice of something big. If you mm-hmm. go back to two thousand six, two thousand seven, give Ovechkin that smartphone, get the camera on him all the time. It's going to be a great fucking time, man. Dude, Crosby and Ovechkin together on one team would be fucked up, though. It'd be crazy. But so is, but so is Crosby and Malkin. And no, I know. And I, I know. do think there's something to say about Malkin being underrated. Like, yeah. look at how good Malkin was this season when Crosby was out of the lineup. You, and we're you, not even talking about prime Malkin. We're talking about Malkin, who's, what, 34 years old right now? You know what we I should mean, do ne- next week? We, we should talk about or have a debate on who you who would you rather have, Evgeny Malkin or Peter Forsberg? Because I do think they're pretty similar. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we need <laughs> Yo, that'd be hard. Off, off the top of my head, I'm taking Forsberg. I, I think he's got wow. more pure skill than Malkin does. But Malkin, man, he's a centerman. <laughs> yeah. He's that big body. Yo, Malkin Oof. is crazy, bro. If you look at Malkin's top 10 goals, they'll compete with anyone in the league. Real talk, bro. This yeah. guy's filthy, man. Fucking filthy, bro. And he's a baller. There's that whole thing about him and Phil Castle. Who knows if they're friends or not, but supposedly he wanted him to get out of there. <laughs> and he got his way, man. He's got his way. Okay, so what if Ovechkin and Crosby are on the same team? Trevor thinks that they have five cups. <laughs> I'm still saying that they get three at least. Three is good enough, yo. Yeah, three is good yeah. enough. Three is good enough. Okay, how about this question? What if by the end of his career, Crosby has five Stanley Cups? What does he rank amongst the best? Is he a top five player? Is he better than Mario Lemieux? I really thought about this, bro. This guy has three Stanley Cups and two Olympic gold medals. You know what I'm saying? This guy's ridiculous, bro. He's ridiculous. You want to talk about underrated? Is Crosby underrated, bro? Uh, yeah, man. I don't, I don't know if Crosby's underrated. I think that might be going just a shade too far. But is he better? <laughs> the whole, the Lemieux com- comparison is actually pretty fascinating because yes. you look at the two of them and, you know, Lemieux, Crosby's already out-cupped Lemieux, you mm-hmm. know? Crosby's got those three cups. Lemieux had t- only two. Uh, we also talk about longevity being oh, a huge man. factor as well, Lemieux, right? Lemieux's and, injuries or quote-unquote injuries were different, you know? They were... Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Not fair. Yeah. And Crosby went through his pains, his uh, his yeah. battles too, right, with concussions. So, man, I know Lemieux in a different era, but fuck, man, you talk about he had over seventeen hundred points and not even a thousand NHL games. Like, <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about cups five. are one thing, yeah. cups are important, but <laughs> I know, holy bro. shit, Crosby versus Lemieux. I think by the end of it, that will be that will be the debate. They're not going to compare Crosby to Gretzky. Hell no, I don't think Crosby will get compared to Bobby Orr. You know, for that number two spot. That number three spot, though, when we talk about the best NHL players of all time, there's a whole bunch of players that could take that number three spot. I think Mario Lemieux is on that list. And I think if Crosby, fuck, I mean, am I saying he has to get another cup or two to be in that conversation? Sounds extreme, but yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because you just brought it up, bro. You just brought it up. 1,700 points for Lemieux and what? Not even a 1,000 games, bro. <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty stupid, dude. That's pretty stupid, Mario, man. Mario man. He's he's an absolute legend. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of star power here on Silky and Filthy, the What If Edition. Kyle, I want to throw you one question uh, that I was thinking of for relative to the 2019-20 season, and I want to go back to free agency and the biggest fish are Temi Panarin. 
So my what if relative to the 2019-20 season is about Artemi Panarin. What if Artemi Panarin doesn't sign with the New York Rangers? What if instead he decides to take more money because reportedly the Islanders were pushing $12 million. What if he takes more money and goes to Long Island? What state are the Rangers in? How are the Islanders doing? And how the fuck is Panarin doing? Okay, before I, well, while I go on my little ramble about Panarin, can you go look up Artemi Panarin's point per game in the NHL? Because I, I do believe it's probably ridiculous. We're talking about a, a real, real-time superstar in the NHL. And it's time, and I think it will happen, especially in the beginning of next season. The league will, everyone, the hockey universe will know that a top five, top ten talent in the NHL does play in New York, and his name is Artemi Panarin. Real talk. He's been doing it for years, and what he was doing this year was ridiculous, bro. Ridiculous. We're talking about a guy who almost got the Rangers in the playoffs, and if he was able to do that, he probably would have won MVP. Let's be real. Let's be real. And it would have been nice. I would have fucked with it. Real talk. Real talk. I would have. There would have been an argument to be made that Dreisaitl has McDavid. Here we have Panarin on the Rangers doing crazy things. He, he probably would have picked up 110 points at least. An argument would have been made there. Now, if he signed Bro, he would, yeah. if he signed with the Islanders. No, carry on. What, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, just doing his points per game for this season. 95 points in 69 games, 1.37 points per game. He was on pace for the Magic Hendrick Sedin total, 112 points. 112, yeah, 112, bro. He was he was going to do it, man. He was on a roll. He, hella confident, having fun out there. New York, he wanted to be there. The limelight, he sucks that in. Him and Zibanejad, man, he would have he picked up 110-plus points for sure. Okay, so if he goes to the island in this what-if fantasy world, it's hard to say if he if he would have the same output, not because he'd be a worse player, but because of trots. Yeah, I, that's exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Is yeah. that the Rangers do play a pretty loosey goosey system? It's a it's a run and gun offense, um, and yeah, they're they're honestly a fun team to watch. The Islanders, not so much, not so much. Now Panarin is probably he's a point per game player there. Like he probably has a solid. I say you know. 70 points in 69 games. He doesn't have 95 points. I know he's good, but it's just a different system in New York. They play different hockey. The D, don't move the puck up the ice the same way. They they wait for those high-quality scoring chances, though. But you're getting less chances. You're getting less chances on Long Island, man. You're taking more money, but getting less chances. Yes, 100%. I mean, you see what's happening with Barzell on the island when it comes to how many points he he can get. I think he is, he's not limited to what Trotz is trying to put into the system, but Barry Trotz is, is a system coach. He is. He is. And now he's not in Washington. He's been on the island for, this is his second year now. He knows they're not the most talented team. You just lost your, a couple years ago, you lost Tavares. I mean, Trotz goes in there and he, he just wants to take those players that he has he wants to prove that he is a, he's a great system coach and get that team to to do great things playing playing a certain way. It just it's just one of those things. When you have a system coach, it only works if everyone buys in. Everyone, including your star players. And again, look at Barzell's numbers this year. It's 
not to say that he's he sucks. He doesn't suck. But on other teams, Barzell would be ripping it up, bro. Ripping it up. In my opinion. Exactly. Yeah, the Islanders got better when Trotz came in, but yeah. Barzell went from yeah, eighty five points to sixty two points. Mm. He changed. Just to say Panarin would be a point per game player into Trotz is I think it's a pretty big compliment, man, to be honest with you. What who who would have more chemistry with Panarin? Would it be you know what we're seeing with Jibinajad in him or or would would Barzell rip it up with Panarin? I mean, that'd be an interesting combination to watch. Oh, There's such is, different players, yeah. though. Zibanejad is just one of those creepy, not creepy. I, what am I trying to say there? Just a under the radar, filthy in every single category. You know what I'm saying? He's just good everywhere. Good yeah. everywhere. Barzell just got that breakaway, game breaking speed. Ridiculous, to be honest. I mean, Matthew Barzell's first year in the NHL. Go look at the highlights. Shout out to BC. You want to talk about the West Coast bias? Shout out to Matthew Barzell, bro. Real talk. First year in the league, the dude was filthy. Filthy. Filthy, bro. Yeah. I, it, that's a really interesting debate, too. And I honestly do think, though, that Zabanajad is in the absolute prime of his career right now. I know he's in a good situation with the Rangers. And I do think Barzell probably ends up having the better career. But holy hell, Zabanajad, in my opinion... He's, He's 50. currently today the best Swedish player in the NHL. I know we talked about that on Silky and Filthy before. <laughs> I think he's better than Patterson right now. I think he's better than Victor Hedman. He's the best Swedish player in the NHL today. And maybe it's just a short span, but these last two seasons, he's been fucking crazy. And you, you said it right there. He, he's hitting his peak. We're talking about a high draft pick, too. He was supposed to be great, and he's doing it better than we thought he was going to be. But, man, now he's got Panarin with him. Uh, what do you think would happen with Panarin outside of just trots with the island? Do you think they'd be a way better team? Um, are we talking about Panarin being, again, I, I said top five in the NHL. Are we talking about Panarin in the same light? Yeah, I, well, top five, maybe not so much because I do think, like, Mar- Matt Barzell's not even considered a top probably 10 player right now. No way. He's, not, he's, probably, not, he's probably not even top 25, top 30. Exactly. So... Yeah, on Long Island, no, he's not getting the same love. I, I do think, though, that um, the Islanders are a better team for sure. They are missing that top-line talent. And to have a guy like Panarin would be a game-changer for an Islanders team yeah. that plays a lot of close games. We, we can look at the stats for the season, like how many goals they've scored overall, how many goals they've allowed, all that stuff. But we're talking about game-to-game, and when you play so many close one-goal games, the Islanders are right up there for the most one-goal games played in the league. You need that difference maker, and the Islanders don't really have that right now. All due respect to Matt Barzell, a guy like Artemi Panarin, well, yeah, it, it would put them over the top. Now, I'm not saying Stanley Cup contender, but they're a team that's probably you know pushing for a top three in the Metropolitan uh, instead of the sixth place that they're sitting right now. I don't think Trotz is. He's doing his thing again. He's a system coach. They got they got to work with what they got, and they're they have their own sort of ego. And they understand that, again, system, systems only work, especially in team sports when everyone buys in, including your stars. With that being said, I would give Barzell a ton of leash. A ton of leash. Yeah. Based on what we saw in his first year, bro, dude's ridiculous. Dude's ridiculous. Who's to say that he can't be as good as Artemi Panarin? Based on that first year, bro. 
I know it was a couple years ago, but man, the way he was doing it, it wasn't Connor McDavid-like, but that speed was something else. Was something else, bro. And it yeah, still is. I, I yeah. No, I don't think anyone's going to say that he's the same player as Connor McDavid, but I actually do think that's a good point because holy shit, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, holy he shit, He makes some bro. fucking plays at speed with the puck that you just wonder how the hell is he doing that. Yeah. And you, hey, man, you want to talk about great what-ifs, man. What if the, what if the Islanders... You know, never make that trade for Griffin Reinhardt with Edmonton. That's, <laughs> that's another great one. Or what Edmonton. if what if Boston doesn't take those three players ahead of Barzell in that same draft? They, what win, the if, cup. they win the cup next or last year. They would have won the cup. You know what I Boston's believe. been able to do? I know Vancouver hates them, but man, let's be real, man. We just talked about those, those three picks. They didn't waste those three picks. It just, they didn't. Pick Barzell, you know, <laughs> it's they didn't they didn't pick Brock Besser, they didn't pick Travis Konechny. Like there were players there to be picked, and Boston just totally ignored it. But with that being said, that they're still super elite. <laughs> it's ridiculous, bro. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, let, they they did kind of waste those picks. Let's let's yeah. not. So who do they, who do they pick? Because I I didn't want to say it because I thought for a second that one of those picks could have been Louis DeBrusque or Jake DeBrusque. I'm sorry, Jake DeBrusque. I don't want to say he's a complete bust. Or not? He's not even close to a bust. No, but. Jake. No, Jake Jabrowski is a great player. Like but he's he, a fine pick for the first round. Yeah, but what they did he pick? Yak they pick Jakub Zaborel and Zachary Sinishin, both who are subpar AHL players uh, at the age of twenty three. So and there the, are so many hits in that draft for them to take two of the biggest duds is uh, is quite something. Let's yeah, be and who, look at who they could have picked, man. So look at this. What if? What if Boston didn't waste those two? first round picks that they had after their first like who who could they have gotten i, I mentioned three of the guys barzell besser konechny who else who else was there bro okay let me let me list you a few names okay There's kyle connor oh my god thomas shabbat holy shit they could have had another goalie of the future Ilya samsonov okay like you okay. said konechny um let's go to that second round there damn bro yeah sebastian aho oh <laughs> Bro, yeah, could I you mean, imagine if Vince, they had Vince one Dunn, of those guys? Yeah. If they Holy had shit. one of those guys, Aho, oh, yeah. like they're Shabbat. they're already the best team in the league this Holy season. Holy shit, bro! Holy shit, that would have been something. That would have been something. Okay, let, let's run off one more. One more. All right, let's finish up here. Let's go Canuck style here. Okay, to wrap up on Silky and Filthy, I'm gonna keep it current. I know there's a ton of uh, what ifs, depressing what ifs from the Canucks past that we could go into, but I'm gonna ask you this. What if the Canucks don't trade that first round pick for JT Miller? Are we talking about the same team this season? No way, bro. No way. No way. You see how tight it is in the Pacific? If they don't have JT Miller, they're not even they're not even close to fighting for a playoff spot. Real talk, bro. Real talk. You know, JT Miller, he comes into that locker room, he sets the tone. You can tell he's that type of dude. And it's not to say that the Canucks were or have players that are not on the ball. I mean, we've said it many times on this network. One thing that Benning and his staff, Benning and his staff has done, has done they, they've picked players who, who fuck with hockey. Hockey's first. But JT Miller going in there, he just adds to that environment. He makes it more serious, and he, he's more of a vet. And you have young guys still there like Pedersen and Hughes. It Again, they're, they're, their attitudes are in check, but just having JT Miller there just solidifies that that mantra that we we are here to play hockey, we are here to win games. 
He adds yeah. that. On top of that, bro, on top of that, man, this dude was their best player all season outside of Jacob Markstrom. Their best skater was JT Miller. I can't even tell you two, two bad games that he played, bro. Real talk. And he was heating up towards the end. Yeah, big time. Yo, he's a bonus. It came out of nowhere. 60 points would have been nice. Would have been great. It would have been great. 55 points would have been great for the cost we paid. But we got 70. And maybe, maybe this is just me, but I, I think that he took his time at Tampa to heart because he was, he was stapled to the bottom six. Yeah, he's a team guy. Probably never complained. For sure, probably never complained. But looking back at what he's done and what Tampa couldn't do last year, they should have used JT Miller more in the playoffs. I know they had a short stint, but man, this dude's a playoff player. This dude's a playoff player. You Hands need guys down. like him. And he never had that chance in his He never career. had that chance, and now Anyone he has else. a chance, and now he has it. And he's running with it, bro. He's running with it. That's just that's the thing that that's the thing that st- sticks out for me, okay? So he comes in here, even going into the season, everyone thinks that Michael Ferland has that top spot besides Pedersen. Everyone. Everyone. Nobody was thinking about JT Miller playing with Elias Pedersen. It was JT Miller with Bo Horvat. That's just a fact, okay? Even at uh, JT Miller's press conference at the beginning of the year, they're asking about Bo Horvat and his leadership, blah, blah, blah. You know, because, again, everyone's penciling them in together. But once Miller... Got his shot with Pedersen uh, and Besser. Bro, bro. He never ran away from it. He, he took full opportunity and he got better. And for sure, this dude's going to make, this dude is going to make Besser a better hockey player. He's going to make Pedersen a be- better hockey player. He's, gonna make, he's that type of dude. Already, bro. Already, he, he's a better hockey player than Brock Besser. Nobody was expecting that, man. He's taking, he's, oh, he's, he's taking the bull by the horns and just going. I'm a big JT Miller fan. If this is, that, that's the weird thing about this season, right? Because nobody expected this. And for sure, going into next season, they are going to be question marks. What, was this just like a one hit type of year for JT Miller? I just don't think so. I really don't think so. Not at all. Not at all. And if he continues to play with Pedersen, how's he? How is he going to decline? I don't see it happening at all. Patterson's not going to let that happen. And JT Miller, pff, he's not going to let that happen too. Come on. Yeah, you nailed it on the head, man. JT Miller appreciation ending here on Silky and Filthy. I fucking love it. But, man, I wanted to bring up one thing too. You know, Hockey Reference has this cool little stat called point shares. Uh, apparently, JT Miller, according to the stat, contributed 7.9 points to the Canucks this season. That's, again, best among all skaters. Only Jacob Markstrom was better. You want to talk about subtracting eight points from the Canucks? Yeah, they're done. <laughs> they're done. Yo, they're down from 78 points to 70 points. They're done. They're right down there with all the California teams, and the whole narrative of this season is so much different. Yes. Like, eight points, maybe it doesn't sound like a lot. No, it definitely is a lot. Let's be real. And- yeah, it's a lot in the Pacific. It really is. It really is. Yeah. And that's just, uh, that's just the best way to state it. Like, this team... This city, I'll say this fucking city, they needed JT Miller. We didn't know it. We didn't know it. 99% of this fan base didn't know it. But we needed it. Eight points? Pfft. Eight points? Bro, if we didn't have this dude and we were with the Californian teams, oh, man. 
Oh man, this city would be on fire right now, bro. Fire. Fire, yeah. man. Hands down. JT Miller JT saved Miller. his job, saved Benning's job. <laughs> I think so. I, I think you're completely right. And that trade got so much heat at the time, but it was a huge, huge difference maker for the Canucks this season. And no one really saw it coming. I, Benning Nobody. might claim he saw it, co- uh, he saw it coming, but um, man, that performance from JT Miller. Something else. All right, man, let's get out of here. Silky yeah, and yeah let's get out of here. On the Knox Misconduct Network. Go check out the website. Uh, JT Miller, speaking of that stud, I did a ranking of the 12 best performances from Canuck players this season. What'd of you have course, them? your boy, JT Miller, dominates the list. You know what? There's only one JT Miller inclusion on there. I'll let you go check it out on the site and find out which game it was. Uh, Kyle, any last thoughts? Any other what-ifs you want to throw yeah, before we... Oh, no, not what-if, not what-ifs. But, yo, I'll, I'll be back with Sipping on a 40. Talk is cheap. Who knows when that's coming, though? I'm not going to force it. it. It probably will come back when hockey comes back, but we coming back brute force style. I have to do it for the boys. Trevor Beggs, the quickie every day, power of the towel, Nick Bondi. Nick Bondi's now pressing buttons too. The guy's working hard, so I'm excited. I'm excited. Again, who knows when it's going to happen, but it will happen. And just to add on top of that, it has to happen, okay? I got to start writing again. I got to start ranting again. I'm seeing my city go up in flames over what? Over what? A scout? A scout? A scout? Real talk? You guys this pissed off that a scout may leave this team? A scout may leave a team that is only eight points ahead of uh, the Californian team? Get the fuck out of here, okay? I got to get back. I got to get back. I'm glad you got lots of things to say, man. We'll uh, we'll love hearing your voice on Knox Misconduct. Behind the keyboard. Not just behind the mic, but behind the keyboard. Yeah, I got to get back. Beautiful, man. I love it. All right, we're getting the hell out of here. Thanks again for listening to Silky and Filthy. Go check out some of the other shows in the Nux Misconduct Network. We got Power of the Purell. We got the Quickie coming out every day. Seven on a 40. You heard Kyle. It's making a comeback some point down the road. But until next time, we'll see you, filthy bastards, down the road. Peace, 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 peace.